You're listening to the Onside Podcast, the podcast for innovation-driven entrepreneurship here in Atlantic Canada. I'm your host, Alex McCann, and this is Season 2, Episode 15. And in this episode, we're taking a look at the power of community and collaboration in supporting innovation-based businesses. Our guest is Steve Mattier, founder, CEO, and director of Maritime Launch Services. Steve is the visionary and driving force behind Maritime Launch. A mechanical engineer by training, Steve is a skilled international spaceport licensing specialist. As part of Steve's work with Maritime Launch, he's driving the collaboration and partnerships that will support the development of a safe and environmentally sustainable commercial spaceport market in Canada. He is also passionate about learning and teaching and has driven partnerships with St. Francis Xavier University, Cape Breton University, and is a supporter of Dalhousie's CubeSat program. All right, Steve. Well, thanks so much for joining us again on the Onside podcast and really happy to have you here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here very much. So for our guest that may not have heard your background, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us uh, a little bit who you are, how you ended up in this wonderful province of Nova Scotia. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Steve. Uh, sure. Thank you. A mechanical engineer by training and graduated from uh, University of New Mexico in Albuquerque and took a position working at a NASA facility in southern New Mexico uh, way back 30 plus years ago. <laughs> and it was really that experience of working in the space shuttle program and moving forward in human space flight that really sparked my interest to continue on in this field and became an independent consultant Mm -hmm. uh, in the 2000s and was helping with spaceport licensing around uh, North America and around the world in in one form or another for a spaceport or launch vehicles. And then I was uh, roped into doing a study for identifying a location for a spaceport somewhere around North America which is what basically landed me here. The best place that I looked at of the 14 or so different places Mm -hmm. ended up being near Canso, Nova Scotia. Awesome. I'm sure the people of Canso are very happy and proud to be the place that you selected for for this opportunity. Uh, Most of them, yes. Yeah, I mean, we fundamentally... I learned the lessons of Spaceport America in New Mexico, where where Mm -hmm. I cut my teeth in the spaceport world. Mm -hmm. was we had a governor and we had a billionaire mm-hmm. that basically said, we're doing this and, mm-hmm. and the public could either get on board or not. And they started taxing the public, me personally, and gross receipts tax, mill levies. Mm-hmm. And it never really got above about a 50-50% support. Oh. So I learned that and took that lesson here. Mm-hmm. And we went to Canso, Hazel Hill, Little Dover. We met with the community. We held open houses, met with the Fisheries Association, met with the municipality of Guysboro mm-hmm. with the Warden Pitts and his team. And it was really through that engagement and openness about what we're doing and giving them that opportunity to really ask the questions. And and it was their support Mm -hmm. that really founded us doing this space work here in Nova Scotia uh, before we made the announcement Mm -hmm. uh, that we had selected the site. Uh, In March of 2017, we had already held open houses and, Mm -hmm. and, and met a bunch with the community. And then we started the environmental review process after that. Oh, wow. Well, I feel that we are lucky that you had those lessons learned from what didn't work out so well mm-hmm. uh, in the previous. Because um, I definitely think in Nova Scotia, we were very community-oriented uh, group of folks and really kind of understanding who's coming, why are they doing this, what's kind of the benefit, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on here. We're, we're 
Nova Scotia is a beautiful, wonderful place, and people want to keep it that way. So having that uh, community buy-in to make sure that it's a fit is definitely something that's uh, super important. And I'm curious, as you were kind of going around and having your community consultations, like, were people familiar with the spaceports and satellite industry? Like, you know, as you're going around talking to some of these smaller communities in more rural parts of the province, like, what is it about satellites that got their interest? Like, why should people care about satellites and having a spaceport? Like, what's that about? Well, I certainly remember that first open house with people coming in, streaming in, just mm-hmm. to find out if we were real or not. <laughs> you know, we had uh, just experienced a fairly... Uh, Difficult election in the U.S. Mm. In, in, in October of that year, November mm-hmm, of that year, mm-hmm. and and uh, come see whether we are real or mm. not was was one of the things that I think was interesting about mm. that. Uh, but then explaining to them what we're doing and why we're doing it, mm-hmm. the the benefits of satellites in orbit and what they're doing for yeah, I mean, look at the Webb Telescope or the Hubble Telescope mm-hmm. and some of the images that are coming from that. You look at the space shuttle program and all the benefits to humankind mm-hmm. that have come from that to the computing power from the first space shuttle compared to what's on my cell phone right now. Uh, our cell phone has more. I know, it's, it's just in- incredible, right? Yeah. So the opportunities that space has really brought forward and afforded to us is really hard to understate. So helping people understand what that potential is And then when you look at the new stuff, right, the global broadband, the near-Earth imaging, Mm -hmm. things that can help us monitor our climate Mm and hopefully gather the information we need to make some of the changes that can uh, minimize some of the effects of climate change, those are all really important things. And then communication in Mm -hmm. rural parts of Canada is a real issue Mm -hmm. and and something that helps resolve or uh, provide some solution for that is important. Well, I think that's uh, that's that's excellent, and and I'm assuming that uh, people got on board with everything because now you just had a, a recent announcement uh, that you'll you've been approved to move ahead with actually building the spaceport. And mm-hmm. for those that that hadn't heard, why don't you give them a little preview of kind of what's happening at the moment? Yeah, so we had started an environmental review process back in 2017, registration document and uh, responsive in all kinds. Trump Consulting uh, prepared that uh, with us, and it was accepted and reviewed, and the province decided they wanted to see a focus report, some more details like, what what is a rocket launch facility mm-hmm. look like? And we completed that and got it submitted and got an approval from the Minister of Environment in June of 2019. So since then, we've been working to do all the remaining studies. We've done 60-something bird studies and mm-hmm. wetland mitigation plans, et cetera, to really get us to this point. So we got the Crown Land lease approved mm-hmm. from the province a week and a half ago, and then the EA was approved mm-hmm. uh, to start construction uh, here just, uh, we announced on Monday, mm-hmm. working with the province on that piece. Yeah. So yeah, construction is imminent. Oh, that's exciting. I, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I guess you'll have like, a little ceremony to like break ground or, you know, <laughs> do something like that. That sounds super exciting. So so well, one thing we talked about that uh, I think is interesting is that you said that uh, Maritime Launch and what you're doing is a commercial spaceport. Mm-hmm. So what is a commercial spaceport and how is that different from something else? All but one spaceport in the Earth today are government ranges, Mm -hmm. whether federal government or state governments or even city governments. They are owned by governments, and and they have a different motive. Mm -hmm. Theirs are about building economic opportunity, about spending the money to build the, the spaceport. They're not really looking at it for a return on investment. 
But now we've got a commercial launch site that is focused on return on investment, that has investors Mm -hmm. that are participating in it, that want to see a benefit to this. So building the launch site safely and effectively and efficiently is important Mm -hmm. and much better than some of the antiquated government ranges that are out there. They've been around for 60 plus years. So we have the benefit of Mm -hmm. building on new technology and miniaturization of things and uh, the advances in in science and, and electronics et cetera, to really build something that's new and exciting and innovative mm-hmm. uh, for the earth and, and for Canada in, in this case. So, you know, as a commercial launch site, we have commercial customers, but we also mm-hmm. could have a DOD or D&D customer as well if they have a satellite they want to put in mm-hmm. orbit. But at the end of the day, it's about delivering when and where that these customers want them, whether it's a, a, you know, companies across Canada mm-hmm. that are building satellites or around the world that are building satellites. It's really about getting them to where they need to be. Other ranges, you know, West Coast, East Coast, in the U.S., for example, their Air Force bases mm-hmm. are, are have their own missions and their own priorities, mm-hmm. where our own mission and our own priority is to serve our commercial customers. Mm-hmm. This is part of that advancement that came after the space shuttle landing mm-hmm. uh, when low Earth orbit was essentially ceded to commercial industry. How can you have a commercial industry with no commercial spaceports? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, cracking that code and how to turn this into something that has a very respectable turn, return on investment, mm-hmm. that's a mouthful, <laughs> uh, for our investors is really uh, one of the key pieces, I think, going forward that's... Uh, Uh, making a difference. It's where we have to go. Mm -hmm. Big governments can do deep space stuff with Artemis and Mars and the moon and things like that. But low Earth orbit where we can do all these advances and all these very cool things in science that can help our planet and really promote uh, commercial industry Mm -hmm. development can be done from a commercial spaceport. Mm. And and who who are some of the kind of customers that you're talking about? So if they're not the sort of the, the government, the DOD and all that kind of stuff, like who are the people who are looking to launch satellites nowadays? It, it really does cover the waterfront. I would speak to the industry types rather mm-hmm. than naming names right. yes, at this yes, point. Certainly. So, I mean, you know, global broadband is mm-hmm. one of them. And, and near-Earth imaging, synthetic aperture radar, uh, hyperspectral imaging for monitoring climate change and looking for methane leaks mm-hmm. out west. Uh, there's there's so much science that people are developing. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Their satellites are sitting on the ground. They've got to get them into orbit. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that their companies then can succeed. So there's a real host, and it's growing by the day. Um, there was a European company just six weeks ago that announced a 3 billion euro investment to build a satellite constellation for remote control of vehicles mm-hmm. in, in, in the EU. So there's these tens, hundreds, thousands of these satellites that people want to put into these constellations to mm-hmm. put in orbit to do these things. It's not like the old days where you have a, a 10 or 15 ton satellite that's uh, 20 or 30,000 kilometers from Earth geosynchronous mm-hmm. orbit. Um, it's about a low Earth orbit, 1,000 kilometers mm-hmm. up uh, with 150 kilogram down to a CubeSat, which can be less than two or three kilograms in size. The technology people are packing into Mm -hmm. some of these CubeSats is quite phenomenal. Our space agency here has been fostering development at the universities, what's called a, a, a CubeSat program. Mm-hmm. Dalhousie is mm-hmm. one of the recipients that just completed theirs that got packed at an event here in Montreal just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be launched aboard the uh, SpaceX rocket going to the International Space Station. So that's that's very cool. And, and that kind of opportunity, I think, is really moving forward mm-hmm. you know, at a fast pace. 
I think I actually met a, uh, a student from Dalhousie. I think uh, one of your staff introduced me to her, who I think was working on this or was uh, part of this uh, competition that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So young woman at Dal studying, uh, I think she was doing rocket propulsion, uh, mm-hmm. and she was entering in this competition. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I, I just love this idea of all these young women going into these areas that uh, are uh, a burgeoning field mm-hmm. um, and uh, being on that, that cutting edge. You know, it's really interesting you're talking about the kinds of customers, the kinds of industries, whether it's uh, climate solution or climate monitoring, environmental monitoring, broadband, all of these kinds of things that are looking to leverage the technology that's coming out. But I guess also being a commercial spaceport is kind of a a new business model as well. Mm-hmm. How is this model different kind of from the others that are out there? What's making it a little, a little, bit, uh, a little bit different? I'll I'll speak from personal experience from my NASA days, (laughs) right? So in the space shuttle program and the amount of bureaucracy or red Mm. tape or processes that are involved, there's a balancing act. Mm -hmm. There's a way too much QA on top of QA on top of QA that doesn't add any value to others on the other end of the spectrum where they're cowboys trying to throw stuff into space. Mm. There's a middle of the road. Right, where you don't have to have all the additional layers of QA that, don't, for example, that don't don't mm-hmm. really provide any real tangible safety or, mm-hmm. or quality benefit, but is still going to respectfully you know, deliver those satellites into orbit safely. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's where commercial spaceports are all 65, 70 years old mm-hmm. uh, or older around the globe. And the old old logic buckets and mm-hmm. wiring and stuff like that. Now you can use a graphical user interface to launch a rocket, and mm-hmm. and uh, the the workings that go into running and, and developing and operating a facility like that are significantly different than the old days. And and those older days required mm-hmm. a lot more human involvement in every aspect of it. Where with technology today, you can have the checks and balances in place that can maintain and, and run it safely, but still mm-hmm. you know, not have as, as, as huge a staff to be able to do it. So there's that cost component. Mm-hmm. There's the older facilities and aging facilities component to it. And the technology advances that I think are really will make a commercial space uh, something that will be the model for disruption elsewhere in this industry. We've been invited to look at other locations internationally by or another one just in the last few days um, (laughs) that really would like us to look at um, repeating our model somewhere Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Project Management 101, focus on the one you're working on. Mm -hmm. No scope creep, thank you very Mm -hmm. much. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, Mm -hmm. that interest is certainly there in changing this model instead of always being dependent on government ranges. CubeSats are sitting on the ground. Satellites are sitting on the ground, Mm -hmm. not getting where they need to be um, because of the limited uh, uh, locations and, and priority payloads from other mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. other government ranges. So you're uh, essentially providing this uh, key service at a moment in time when there's so much demand to, right. to get up there and you just can't you can't get launch time or, or whatever from uh, a lot of these other facilities or the uh, the the timing or the uh, the cost to, to do it elsewhere is is prohibitive. Yeah, it, it's it's the it's the when you want to go, but it's also the where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, rideshare programs where the main payload of a larger rocket mm-hmm. carries a large satellite and then has some extra space. Mm-hmm. Well, there's extra space they fill in wherever they can, 
but you don't get to say where that rocket's going to go. No. You get to go to space and you get dumped off where they tell you yeah. because the principal mission is the principal mission. Yeah. So um, being able to tailor uh, missions, I think, uh, more appropriately uh, is is really something the industry is looking for. Mm, interesting. And and in terms of developing uh, your your team to be able to put together the spaceport and maritime launch, like what kind of people do you? I mean, this is a pretty high tech uh, industry, and then you, you know you're operating here in Canada, here in Nova Scotia. What what does developing a team look like for this kind of initiative? Um, I have the benefit of having worked in the industry for a long time. So, you know, the hardest part for me today is I'm a CEO that needs to take off my technical hat and be more CEO. (laughs) So it's really about uh, tapping into the resources that I know are available and building mentorship and training programs. I've got a fantastic team here Mm -hmm. in Halifax already uh, uh, that are hitting it by the numbers, former astronauts, Mm -hmm. experts, and then with uh, airspace, Mm -hmm. Transport Canada, communications, operations, space industry in Canada, et cetera. And they're all fantastic. And now we're in this construction phase. Now I've got to start planning for that operations phase. Mm-hmm. How we're going to build the specialty support equipment, get it in place, and get it up and running and operating. So we've we've got a, a huge, like I did in the environmental review process, mm-hmm. I tapped resources in the U.S. in people that have worked in the spaceport and, and NASA, safety, environment, et cetera, for decades. And mm-hmm. we're able to bring them up to be a part of this uh, mm-hmm. environmental review process. It'll be the kind of the same thing to help build some of that infrastructure that we have here. We have this tons of capability mm-hmm. already existing with the university infrastructure and the high-tech industry uh, and the shipbuilding, et cetera, mm-hmm. that already exists. It's basically getting them to, to turn a little mm-hmm. bit and look at it differently and see that their skills really do fit very well with mm-hmm. what we're planning for the spaceport. But we need to give them some mentorship and guidance. So it's building those programs, those mm-hmm. training programs, OJT exercises that will really flesh this thing out. That will be 100% Canadian. That's really exciting that uh, this is happening here and kind of that uh, pivot and talent and capacity building is going to be happening here kind of in our region. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully that will expand and we'll have more capacity, more people doing these kinds of things and also creating more opportunities for uh, young people coming out of, uh, we've got great engineers and, you know, all kinds of folks here in Atlantic Canada, especially Dalhousie and, you know, some of the uh, other uh, universities and community colleges as well. So mm-hmm. creating a different path, I think, towards this industry is really, really going to be really interesting. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, and it's, I was really surprised to look across Canada and see how much uh, propulsion development mm-hmm. there is at various universities. They they build these the experimental rockets and they go down to the states and participate in launch programs. The uh, universities and you know we've been winning them mm-hmm. almost hands down every year for years. Mm. So there's this huge infrastructure of students mm-hmm. uh, that are coming out of these universities with all this background of having built rockets mm-hmm. and propellant and gas systems. Uh, and have no place to go in mm-hmm. Canada mm-hmm. In, until now. Until now, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you had a kind of like a, a wish list of uh, things that could be helpful or supportive for your industry or for maritime launch or spaceport industry, kind of uh, here in Nova Scotia, whether it was certain kinds of programming that would be developed, or you know, in the universities or. I don't know, other kinds of uh, incentives or things like that. Are there certain things that could help 
pave the way to make things faster or more efficient or like what would be your wish list of of things that would <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm in dare, dangerous territory here but what would be the kind of are there things that you're like oh I really wish we had this here in our region because that would really allow us to move 10 times faster or solve a big problem well, it's really interesting because a lot of it already is there. It's just mm-hmm. about about applying it differently. Mm. Uh, the community college has a great program that will provide a lot of the foundational training that I need for a person to come out to the site to get additional training mm-hmm. to be successful. Um, you know, the university programs here don't have they're they're looking at satellites or looking at robotics etc like that but they're not looking at a rocket launch they're not mm. looking at the fluids and gas systems and control systems and instrumentation systems that are needed to build and operate a launch facility and launch rockets into space so we don't have a, a, a rocket group here in Canada mm. so uh, mm. the former mayor of Canso has a small club uh, <laughs> mayor uh, from mayor white Ray white has, mm-hmm. has got a, a group that they do model rockets. Uh, oh, okay. But more of that would be better, certainly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind <laughs> for the next time that I'm in uh, in Canso. And you talked a little bit earlier in the program about the community support that you've been able to build up. How, how important has that been? And have there been any collaborations or partnerships that have been particularly meaningful as you've been going down this path? The community has been great to work with. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, Going up and working and in, in, in sharing with them what the plans are, meeting with the lobster fishermen and the fisheries association, mm-hmm. meeting with the Guysboro municipality and their leadership and understanding what a collaboration like this could look like and what the ups and downs of this industry are really important. Working with the Bakkenkek is the closest mm-hmm. First Nations community, and then of course with the KMKNO and, and the mm-hmm. larger, broader group, and and that has been really beneficial for us. And I think there's a real measure of what this potential is by them, even more so than some of the the federal regulators that I've had mm-hmm. to deal with. They're more supportive than many of the others because uh, they recognize mm-hmm. that uh, the minimal impact and the maximum potential benefit to the communities and stuff. So there has been a lot of that. Uh, we have. Uh, an agreement in place with St. Francis Xavier University, an MOU that looks at expansion of uh, opportunities to work together. They're mm-hmm. actually doing an air monitoring program for us. Uh, we've got an agreement in place with Cape Breton University that are doing mm-hmm. a water sampling program for us. Uh, working with uh, some of the students out of the Dow CubeSat program mm-hmm. as well. Uh, recently, a company just started up here in Halifax. It's uh, uh, Galaxia Mission Systems to build their own satellites as well. And he came out of that uh, CCP program or the Canadian Space Mm -hmm. Agency. Uh, So I think there's really some key collaborations like that. And then just really working with um, uh, the, the the provincial uh, government, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's Department of Natural Resources and Renewables, uh, Economic Development Department, the Nova Scotia Environment mm-hmm. and, and Climate Change, uh, um, that all, all those folks are really key in our success for sure. That's great. It's, it's great to hear about all the uh, the partnerships and with mm-hmm. the universities um, and uh, pulling them in. I, I gotta. I think I'm gonna have to do a little bit more uh, digging on the CubeSat program at Dow. I think that just yeah. sounds. Super Super fascinating. If I, I, if I, I had would, more time, I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention some of our earlier investors or strategic investors. The Lin, Lindsay Construction, for example. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. They are a construction management company. Oh, okay. uh, Corey shared our vision back in 2017 and, and made some initial.
potential seed investment in our company. Um, uh, the, the folks over at Nova Construction, Donald Chisholm, also uh, in, in early investors in Maritime Launch from a strategic perspective. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he is certainly supporting our civil work out there right now, too. So um, uh-huh. certainly some key partnerships, not just in, in uh uh, universities, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also in industry as well. Yeah, well, I, I think that that's also important as well to kind of uh, recognize there's sort of tangible on the ground things that actually need to happen in addition to kind of the uh, the research and um, this on the in- investment piece. And you, you mentioned some kind of local investors who had kind of that broad vision for, for the future. Is it generally difficult to pull investment into this kind of industry because the the time horizon is really long, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. b- between the time that you go through even the process to get the environmental permit so you can have your building so that you can be approved and your your lease and, you know, getting things up and going. And then you got to launch, you got to, you know, you got to deliver. So that you're not building an app, right? Mm-hmm. You're not building an app. You're not going to see revenue return and growth within 18 months and then, you know, have an exit in two years. What's it like to try to, to bring investors into the company? Is really, that difficult in the industry? Short answer is yes. Uh, in in Canada and in Nova Scotia, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that I, I'd characterize that uh, especially true for the first few years where we're working through environmental assessments and mm-hmm. land leases and everything else. And uh, the last 13, 15 months or so, though, we've really made some significant inroads with some investors and uh, close to $20 million. We've also gone public. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're listed on the NEO exchange here and cross-listed in the U.S., uh, which added adds a, a level of of, uh, uh, um, you know, benefit to investors, you know, liquidity, Mm -hmm. I guess is the term they're looking forward to, uh, that allows them to monitor, you know, share prices and everything else. So we've had a really good run Mm -hmm. here as of late, and now we're hitting it with some major uh, pieces that uh, de-risk the project. So the the timing is really important Mm -hmm. uh, this last uh, 15 or so months and kind of where we are today and construction starting. uh, It certainly opens up that opportunity for people to see that, hey, this isn't an if project. This Mm -hmm. is a when project. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, uh, all those kind of pieces are really coming together in place. Yeah. Well, I got to give kudos off to the early investors who jump in there when it's uh, more of an idea and I don't say hope a dream, but because uh, I'm sure now that things are moving ahead, you'll have more and more people kind of uh, knocking on your door. The most key investors, though, are uh, my partner, Ann. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hayat and Kia mm-hmm. moved them up here four years ago, went mm-hmm. through some thin times to get through the risky parts. Yeah. And it's their vision and, and, and sweat equity that I think has really you know brought us to today that we can now celebrate these these recent successes and look look and move forward. Yeah, that's that's super great. That's super great. I'm glad that you uh, mentioned your family and uh, all of the work that they have to do just to be able to make this happen because mm-hmm. it's a a journey for for everybody. It takes a community. It really does. Mm -hmm. It really does. Well, I had just one more question I wanted to throw out at you, and I appreciate you sharing so much uh, kind of about the journey and where you're going with the company. But one thing we're always curious about and thinking about at Onside, you know, we're focused on inclusive, innovation-driven entrepreneurship, and we want to see more of this kind of entrepreneurship take place in Atlantic Canada, rural places, and, you know, all over the place. But uh, what does innovation-driven entrepreneurship mean to you? It's, it's about looking at what you're doing on a regular basis every day 
and looking at it differently and seeing how it might be able to be done better, faster, cheaper, whatever, uh, higher quality, uh, better customer satisfaction, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's really about keeping an open mind to in everyday things that you're mm-hmm. doing and, and seeing, you know, considering how that might be done better. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the thing that gives you a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Well, take a look at that and, and, and try to uh, think how it might be able to be done differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the commercial space industry is an obvious, you know, no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. We've got uh, uh, a commercial space industry at $400 billion U.S. per year, growing mm-hmm. to a trillion in the next 18 years. And... Uh, uh, how can it be a commercial space industry with only mm-hmm. government ranges? Mm. Uh, so, you know, we, we, are we commercial or not, right? So are we um, making the use of the Air Force or NASA or whatever to do this stuff? So it's really taking a look at what's normally been done and looking where industry trends are going and then uh, turning it upside down and taking a look at it differently. Mm, interesting, interesting. I, I love uh, I love asking this uh, the question this question to all of our guests. We get really interesting, really interesting answers. But I I really appreciate your your take on it. So, uh, with that, I want to say thank you for for joining us here on the Onside Podcast. Uh, for folks who want to learn more about Maritime Launch or follow along with your your progress and your success, or maybe make an investment, uh, where can people go to learn more about you and your company? Well, our investment ticker is MaxQ in Canada on the NEO exchange. Uh, MaritimeLaunch.com, of course, is a website, mm-hmm. as you would n- um, not be surprised to find. <laughs> and then uh, we are Spaceport Nova Scotia. That is the site we're building. And you'll find a website with a little more information about the site, the community, the community liaison committee, and, and the kind of inner workings of, of things at uh, uh, Spaceport Nova Scotia website as well. Okay. Well, that sounds perfect. We'd like to uh, let uh, let our guests know where they can reach you. And for um, guests who would like to learn a little bit more about Onside, I encourage you to check out our Inclusive Innovation Monitor, which is on our website, onsidenow.ca. And as we come to a close, I'd really like to thank Communities, Culture, and Heritage for your support. We're so grateful for your support and helping us make this podcast. And uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast and uh, hope you'll join in for our next one. Thank you. This has been a Podstarter production. production.